The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. If you do one of those, you ever listen to those um, those commercials for the monster trucks? Where they go, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's how I should start our show one week. Okay. You ever heard one of those? No, I haven't. Oh. But I'd like you to start our show like that next okay. week. So we warm yet? Relatively warmed up a bit this weekend, which was nice. Oh gosh, I'm still freezing from last the last few weeks. So, um, but I woke up this morning thinking there's a few things we should be grateful for after reading the newspaper. So I thought we'd we'd start the show with a grateful moment. A little bit of gratitude. Gratitude's good. It Isn't makes there a feel- yoga pose about being grateful. I don't know. Okay, you work on that. My very first thing to be grateful for is that I do not live in New Brunswick right now. Okay. So while we're freezing here, those guys are under like 10 feet of snow. Same with Boston. <coughs> I have a lot of friends in Boston and they keep tweeting pictures that there's no there's there's nowhere else to put the snow. I mean, literally, it's up to the second floor of their house. Yeah. So their entire, they've, they've carved a little walkway into their house. And they've carved a tunnel to their car to check on their car. Because they can't drive. There's no public transit. No, no, no. Everybody's housebound. Um, so I'm grateful that I'm not there. I'm grateful I'm not in PEI, though I do love both of those areas. I'm grateful I'm not there today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with all the changes going on in Calgary, I don't know if everybody's re- watching You know the Canadian real estate numbers on the news, but Calgary, of course, is um, a big topic because of the oil prices. So they're anticipating 50% drop in sales, not in prices, but in sales in Calgary. So today I'm pretty grateful that I'm not a realtor in Calgary. <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Though I would love to be there and be close to skiing. So, yes. you know, there you go. Well, you're in Toronto. This is realestatetoronto.com radio, and we will be back right after this short break. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 
36 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. We done our gratitude? We've done our... We never done our gratitude. They, that can... That's the problem if you stomp it. You can never stop. Yeah. We're never done. Um, but I am also... So I'm going to continue on my gratitude because I'm very grateful to see that single-family detached homes in the, uh, the 416 area code saw almost an 8% increase in prices since last year. Now, we, we always talk about these prices and, and what they do year over year and, and average prices and uh, the index benchmark price. I really like the index benchmark price because that is where the Toronto Real Estate Board goes in a little deeper and starts comparing semi-detached to semi-detached and detached to detached. And we can break it right down. I mean, if somebody's looking for that information, they're welcome to call me because I'm happy to send it out. Um, it does take a little bit of use to you know, getting used to how to read it, but it's really informative. This is just our basic Toronto, the 416 area code, to see that 8% pretty much in a single family home. Um, townhouses, 7% uh, increase year over year, and condos in the Toronto area, 3.97%. So everything's still moving in the right direction. Every, we're grateful, aren't we? We are. Yep. Uh, prices going up, rates going down, uh, even the buyers out there, as these prices are going up, and we know you get nervous, when when you sit with us and we show you uh, the true cost of your house. You know, when you're buying a $500,000 home at a rate that's maybe 2.5%, as opposed to buying a $450,000 home and the rate's 4.5%, we know over the course of five years that that more expensive home with the lower interest rate is actually going to cost you less over time. Cost you less, and it's a better deal at the end of it because you've got more equity. Uh, yes, no? Well, look, at when you get a 25-year amortization mortgage, and assuming that in 25 years you make all your payments, in yep. 25 years you're paid. Yes. You're done, right? But what I like about it is, you know, people get caught up on that number on the top of the offer, you know, I paid five hundred for a house. I could have bought it for four fifty two years ago. Right. That's fifty thousand dollars. Well, when we show people what they really pay for a house, which, you know, is the hidden. Well, it's the, your your soft costs, and what are you paying for your house? You're paying your down payment plus your monthly payments. Right. And if we add those up over a five year period. Um, I can always show that a 2% increase in, in rate will never make up that 10% draw, uh, increase in price. So, um, so I'm saying it backwards. A lot of people are waiting for the market prices to drop, right? Yeah. But chances are when they drop, the reason why they will drop is interest rates will go up. Right. So you could be fooled. Oh, that house is now worth 450. I can't get that two and a half mortgage anymore. The mortgage that I'm being quoted is four and a half or five, and I'm telling you now, you're actually paying more for your house, even though you bought it for 450 So it's like a scale. It's like a balance. It's just going one way, going the other. Yeah. And it is, I am making the assumption that you're taking on a mortgage of about 
you know, 70 percent, 70 to 80 percent, which is pretty standard now. And I said hidden because no one actually sits down and figures all that stuff out. No. I mean, we just look at the one payment, the down payment. We look at what we pay monthly and then we just put the blinders on and we continue to pay. And you it. just pay. I'd, I'd actually say people don't even do that. They look what they bought for the house. I bought the house for 700. They're not even taking into consideration I had to put in... Uh, 11000 for land transfer tax. So what I really oh. paid for the house was, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But the true cost of a house, when you, when you meet with us um, to buy a home, we're sitting down with what we call our net sheets. And it's what is this house actually going to you, cost you on the day you close? Every little down penny, like right up to taxes that have been prorated because maybe the seller prepaid some taxes. Now yep. you got to pay them back. That's so you're going to look at every little penny right then and there, and then we're going to show you what a five-year plan looks like on your payments. Because what what we really want to do is see you guys out there topping those payments off. And that's the other thing is I can sit down and show you. Here's what the bank said your minimum payment was. That's great. And at the end of five years, here's how much interest, how much principal you've paid. But what if we topped your payments off by $200? Now let's show you what happens at the end of five years. And every time I show a buyer that, hands down, they're like, forget $200, I'll top it up $300. Because they know that now in five years, I've got way more equity, I've paid way more principal uh, down, I've paid way less interest and and now if the rates go up and I have to refinance, I'm refinancing a smaller amount. So let, let's just, for argument's sake, say so somebody can't top them up by two or three hundred dollars. Yep. What if they round up to the nearest fifty or nearest hundred? Every little penny helps. I think Scotia Bank is pushing that. They're saying round up all your payments, and they're actually doing it on everything. So you go shopping with your Visa card, and you round up that payment. It will do it automatically for you. So I bought a. TV and it cost me, you know, two hundred and eighty dollars, and they're going to round it up to the three hundred. They take that balance and they put it in savings, and that's that's like a forced savings, but that's kind of neat. But honestly, paying anything over and above because you have to know anything over and above your minimum payment is going directly to principal. Like I think I said this in an earlier show. I think our mortgage payment at one point was like thirteen hundred and eighty-one dollars. Mm-hmm. So we said let's just pay fourteen. I mean, like it was just so minimal that yeah. you wouldn't even miss it. But Yet over it, five years... It has a pretty significant impact. It, and what it also does, it actually knocks your amortization period down. So it knocks down the period of time that is required to pay it off. And um, when you do the calculations at the end of the day, look, at your money's still going somewhere. You, is it going to interest into the bank or is it going to, to the equity of your home? Is it yeah. going to pay down that principal? So just lo- I, lo- I love this topic, so I, I know I always kind of come back to it. <laughs> One way or another a year at least. in our conversations. <laughs> yeah. But guys, if you are not topping your payments up, um, call me. I'll sit and show you what it looks like. We'll, pr- we'll do the full printout and, and we'll show you what it looks like. So you can do one. Here's, here's what your payment would be. Mm-hmm. Let's do a five-year look. Now, if you top it up by X, X, amount, X, X A or ABC. Plug it into the system. It shows you the difference. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I'll just regress for a minute. Back in the... Uh, Not the 80s. 80s. You were just Uh, starting. I was. Graduated from high school. It was 1989. I was in grade three. Mm -hmm. uh, Licensed realtor. Yep. Riding your trike from appointment uh, to appointment. That's right. The rates were 13 and a half, 13, three quarter percent. And I remember my broker saying to me at the time, you've got to understand creative financing. Because in this market, when rates are so high, you have got to be able to explain to people different ways for them to get into the market. 
So we were actually making offers. Let's say the offer was for $500,000 on a property. We would get the buyer to actually make the offer for $510,000 with instruction that the seller had to take that ten and prepay their mortgage, pay down that rate. So that 10000 would go to the bank. The bank would have to spread it over the five-year term. And now that 11 and three-quarter rate might be down to nine and a half. And you'd think, well, that's still crazy high. Yeah. But when we did the printout over the five years, we could show our buyers that by giving an extra 10 up front and having the seller prepay this rate down for us on closing, that over five years, you're actually saving forty or $50,000. Holy. That's... So it was, it was when those when the rates are high, boy, it's even bigger impact, right? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm confident we'll never see those rates again. Are you now? <laughs> We'll mark this moment in time. Mark. 13%? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I Look, at the day I retire and all my money's in a, a little safety you wanted to go to savings account, sure. Spike them up. Okay. But uh, before we cut to break, I found some interesting stuff I thought we could always have some fun chatting about. And uh, I found a, a list on, on, uh, on the internet. And it was um, 10 things your realtor doesn't want you to know. And I thought they were funny because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with some of them and then I'm going to defend a few of these. Okay. I, 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 I'm going to play. Yeah, both sides. Well, I'm not really. I just have a different opinion. Um, because there, should we start with number 10 or number 1? What do you mm-hmm. think? Do you want to do the... Uh, I think 10 probably is going to be mo- more significant, I would think. So let's okay. start with 1. Let's start with 1. Number one, they say, uh, what your agent doesn't want you to know is that the open house is really a party for me, for the agent. And I thought that was interesting. So their take on it was, listen, the only reason why a real estate agent wants to do an open house in your house is so that strangers come in. He doesn't even want to sell your house. He's going to go try selling someone else's home. And this is how realtors meet buyers. And this is how realtors build their business. Um, you may have heard that or felt that way in the past. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably other places you'd rather be on a Saturday or a Sunday than stuck well, in someone else's house. Well, this is it. So, I mean, unless you were playing the music, had had the martinis set up, invited all my friends, it's not a party for me. And the pool was open. And the pool's open. on a be- Not not this not weekend, today. but another well, day. Ice skating on the pool today. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, I find it always interesting. So here's my, here's my sort of uh, myth breaker on that. Um, most good realtors who have good motivated buyers are also busy with their own sellers and they're busy they might have a buyer downtown a buyer in richmond hill they're all over the place i feel that when we when we put a listing out on the market we properly market it and we invite everyone that there's going to be a number of realtors who are going to say oh my gosh thank goodness there's an open house oh good it's someone from the maholan and ross team hosting it i'm going to tell my buyer to go to the open house and I look at that and say, thank you. That's mm-hmm. fine, because I am more than happy to help your buyer understand why we've priced this home where we have and explain to them all the fabulous things about this home. I believe we're the best pre- people to sell our own listings. So if you want to send me your buyers, I will spend that time with them. And if that makes the other agent's job easier, that's okay, because if it's easier for that agent to bring us a great offer, 
I've done a, I've done the service to my seller that I was hired to do. Right, you brought. And that was sell their house, yep. right? And yep. yeah, so um, so that's where I just nipped that one right in the butt. And the other thing too, I'll add, is we know that about thirty percent of the people who buy a home in a specific neighborhood do so because a neighbor or a friend or a family member has actually recommended that na- that neighborhood. Right. So we have people going to work saying you you know to their colleagues you should really move to my neighborhood. They're the same people that will go to work and say, that house down the street that I told you about, they're open this weekend. You should pop in. Yeah. Again, really easy way for the public to see it without feeling that they are taking up a realtor's time or they are, you know, getting swamped by realtor calls. Just show up at the open house. Take a look. And you can bet they're going to bring their friend or relative that lives in that neighborhood to come and take a look at it. And give them their opinion. Because they may have never seen it or they may, hey, hey, that's Joe's house. Let's go have a look at Joe's house. And, you know, worst case scenario, the neighbor says, no, you know, I'm I'm the nosy neighbor. I'm coming to look at the house. Same thing. Nosy neighbor goes to a dinner party that night and someone says, I'm looking for a house. And I say, you know, a really nice one came up on my street. I actually went into it on the weekend. You should go to it. So, my feeling is, is if you've got a house for sale, let the world know about it, because it, it is now a product that's on the market that you want to expose to the widest group of people. So there's my open house. There's number one. Number one. Well, we're going to take a short break, so hold that thought, and we'll come back and get to two to ten. Hopefully, uh, number ten's a doozy. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Annoying, frustrating. Uh, of course, you're referring to me. Some days, enlightening, engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> yes. Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GT. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Drum roll number two. Number two, things your agents don't want you to know. Except for us, because we're very transparent yes. at the Mahalan Ross team. <laughs> Number two, my, my fees are negotiable. Well, here in Ontario anyway, or in Toronto anyway, uh, we all know that uh, fees are, um, there are no fixed rates in real estate. I won't say fees are negotiable. I will say there are no fixed rates in real estate, meaning you, a broker, a realtor can't walk into a house and say, you must offer two and a half out to a cooperating broker, or um, my office will only work for 5%, right. or you, you can't. That is fixed. That's price fixing. So we can't do that. However, I went into an appointment once in 
the guy says, well, now you have to negotiate because I heard f- under the anti-competitive uh, act that you have to negotiate. And so just to differentiate, no, a realtor can really choose to run their business the way they choose to run their business. That is entirely their prerogative. They just can't as a group decide, hey, let's all charge, you know, 10%. So it's a case-by-case basis. It's a case-by-case basis. And I I invite people. I, I bring it up at every appointment. You know, we go through this whole presentation. If they haven't asked me about my fee by the end of it, I know something's up. You know, oh, yeah, because it's a question and it's not always a challenge. It's a question. And the other thing, you know, I'll just throw out there. The cheapest agent isn't necessarily the best agent for you. A five percent break or sorry, not five, like a point five percent break. Is it worth it? Why? Well, look, at here's what happens. I get called a lot. Sometimes people say or, you know, and, and, and I'll put it out there. We offer competitive rates we take a lot into consideration the number one being is how is that seller going to price the house because we need to determine how much money and time we have to spend on this property but it's interesting when someone will say or you know we had this other agent they're willing to do it for x could you match them and i always say if we were matched the same price which one of us would you hire and they say well of course you okay why well then they go on to our marketing and our professionalism and this and that and that makes up the difference. Well, that's that is the difference. Yeah. So you you know you've got to understand. Sometimes the cheapest isn't the best. Um, sometimes the cheapest can cost the most, because a lot of times we think just in terms of getting that buyer to show up with the offer, and you think you're done. And I'm telling you, from the moment that buyer buys the house to the moment that money's in your account, there are hundreds of things that have to get done. And the most important one is keep that buyer on focus to show up to close. Yep. Can't just let them run. Regular contact. Yep. Number two, number three, I thought this was interesting. Um, They said, think you've had no offers. Actually, there's been several. So legally, a real estate agent must bring all offers to the seller's attention, even if it's going to like cause them to be so upset. Even if somebody says, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks for your house. Legally, I have to bring it to their attention. I have to bring all offers to the seller's attention. I have to physically show it to them. And really what we do is we get them to acknowledge that they've seen it, whether it be sign a little corner of it or sign a, another form we offer saying that they've they've reviewed it. They're rejecting it, but they've reviewed it. Yep. This article is sort of insinuating that there's realtors that won't bring all offers to your attention, maybe from a broker they don't like, or if it's a um, a low offer. Or if they think they're going to come in with their own offer, they're not going to show you the other offer and they'll just show you their own. That's a really, really, really serious crime in real estate. So I was kind of shocked to see it on this list as, as things realtors don't want you to know. I would say no. As a realtor, I'd want it, I'd want you to know if that happened to you. Because if I found out that happened, I'd make a complaint. I don't want people like that in my industry. This, even if somebody came in and lowballed you by $100,000... Because they thought, well, I don't care what, yeah. this is my opinion of this neighborhood. Yeah. That seller has to, to be know. A, yeah. Yeah. And look, at, I've called up sellers saying, listen, I'm sending you an offer. Sit down when you open it. You can call me back and yell at me. Just know it's not mine, but I have an obligation to present all offers to you. Yep. You know, and yeah, there you go. But uh, that, that concerns me. So if there's people out there that feel that maybe that's happening to them, they should really um, speak to their, to their realtor, the broker of record. Um, This was interesting. Things realtors don't want you to know. I talk about you behind your back. 
Um, I thought that was interesting because I think as a realtor, when we meet a buyer or seller and we have a consultation and those people hire us, we are we are we owe them confidentiality. Legally, we owe them full confidentiality. Where realtors talk about people behind their backs are those people that show up at an open house, calling a sign, and they say, I don't want to work with a realtor. I just want to buy this house maybe from you because you'll do something in your commission and I won't bring in an agent and we'll just do the deal. And what often happens with those people is the deal doesn't come together because they're looking for such a steal that even the listing agent saying, I can't put this together, yeah. you know, and off they go. Now, there's no relationship. And I would say that I've heard many, uh, you know, talk around the water cooler about those people and they do get named. So if you're one of those people that like to pop in and out of open houses and won't commit to anybody, I can assure you a re and, and you do it in one area. Yes, you may get a reputation amongst those realtors. You'll be on a list. Yeah, you'll be on the list. Doesn't mean someone still won't sell anything, but any confidential any confidentiality you had as to why you wanted to live there, what was the the motivation for that area at that time, whatever, anything that could affect your ability to negotiate might be out on the street. You know. So run number five. Number five. Um, sometimes I forget whose side I'm on. Mm. Um. This is an interesting one, so I'm just going to give you a straight-out example. Again, you hire me to list your home. I owe you confidentiality, and my fiduciary responsibility is to you to get you the highest possible price. And the phone rings at the office one day, and someone who I've never met and never spoken to in my life says, Aura, uh, that new listing you have on Main Street there, how much can I get it for? And I say, well, it's listed at, at 1259 but if you bring me an offer through me, I can get it at one one fifty. I can get those sellers down a hundred. And um, sometimes that realtor may be forgetting whose side they're on. So are they working for the seller? Are they working for this buyer they've never met? Or my guess is, are they working for themselves, thinking, oh, if I can get someone to come in at that price through me, maybe I can push my seller to take this lower price. Yeah. So. Sellers, I don't know, be careful who you hire because there's a lot of realtors out there that'll throw it out there in the first 30 seconds of a phone call. So number six, we got two minutes to ah. run through these last four. Okay, or I know. We might have to go to next week's show to we, find out number we, two. Oh my gosh. Um, I know zilch about zoning. Some agents know zilch about zoning. So here we are in the city of Toronto and there's redevelopment up and down and in and out everywhere. In one neighborhood, there could be four different types of zoning. Exactly. So even though the lots are, are the same size, you might have two different zonings on them. Remember, the zonings came in after the lots were yep. already existent yep. uh, in the city of Toronto in 416 area. So knowing those setbacks, if you're going to develop that lot and know that, oh, this lot sold for cheaper because I need a six-foot setback instead of a three-foot setback. Yep. Okay, you got to know your zoning. So a lot of realtors don't want to be asked because they just don't know. So on the flip side of this whole conversation, these are things you should be asking your realtor, obviously. Um, so you guys know that stuff? Mahalan Ross knows that. Oh, zoning. of course. Okay, <laughs> just... 30 years. I wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I won't let termites or pesky inspectors kill a deal. There are some brokers out there that will do whatever they can to hide a deficiency 
so that it doesn't show up at an inspection. And, you know, going on are pesky inspectors hide things that they feel inspectors might um, say or do to cause fear in a buyer that would cause the deal to go south. So if there's somebody standing in front of a wall and refuses to move, then you <laughs> kindly ask them to move. Yeah. Um, I'm Look, and I'm always suspicious of fresh carpet and fresh paint in a basement. And that's sad because some of us do want to renovate before we sell our home. But I, I love it when I walk into a basement and I can say to my clients, they haven't changed this carpet in 20 years. And the untouched. clients are like going, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's so old. And I'm going, no, this is good because it, it will show everything. Right. It means they've had no floods. No floods. Yeah. Um, number eight. <laughs> I'm going to skip number eight. Okay. Um, number nine. My website is a dead one. Agents don't want a lot of the public to know that when they go to their website and look at houses or even their own house, like you're my seller and I've put you on my website, they don't really want anybody to know that. We're not paying any money for pay-per-clicks. We don't have you in any search parameters. That when they go to the site and see the picture of your house, they can't do anything with it. They they can barely contact me through it. I've put up a page for show because my office gave me a free page. <laughs> they don't want you to know. Yeah. If I were hiring an agent, I'd want to know their stats. How many people are coming to that site? How many people are clicking through? How many people request information from you every day on that site and right now in your site how many people do you have that you could introduce to my house to especially if it's as as specific as yours is for one geographic area yeah absolutely because we know the buyers are on the internet yep. and number 10 drum roll, the big yes. drum roll um i love this actually you may not need me at all and that is there are some times when maybe they don't need a realtor and I'll give you a couple examples because I've been in it. I've had people call me saying, Aura, I've got an offer on my house right now for a million fifty. And I can look at every stat upside down and everything. And I know there is nothing I can do that would net them more than that. They they won the jackpot. They've got it. In fact, I'd I'd lose I'd I'd cost them money if I took them to market. And I would be the first one to say to them, pick it up. And that that's exact I'll say, pick it up. I can't do better for you than yeah. that. Where I want people to be careful, though, on the flip side, we every day, we're in the, well, not every day, but many times, we're in the situation where we'll get a call from someone and they'll say, um, we want to list our house, we're going to list our house with you, but we do have a neighbor that's expressed interest, so we're going to give them first right to buy the house. Okay. And at that point, I say to them, you know what, allow me to facilitate for a small fee, let me go in, be your third party. Remember, I'm the trained negotiator. I'm the trained person who can put all this stuff together and explain the market valuation and get everybody on the same page. This is what I do. Let me come in and put it together. And most of our clients in that situation say, oh, my gosh, thank you, because I didn't want to have to deal directly with my neighbor. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. If anything goes south... You're, you act as a bit of a buffer between them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're still negotiating, so you need a negotiator. And the other one is if you do decide to sell your home on your own, and you know what? We have some people who say that I just want to do it on my own, and I quite oft honestly offer whatever assistance I can. And, and there's a few reasons, and I can explain that in another show. But um, the only thing I'm really careful about, if you're going to do it on your own and you're going to sell it on your own, um, don't give away the commission. The whole, there's no reason to sell on your own unless you're trying to save a couple of percentage of points of commission. Yep. 
So why then would you hand that to the buyer, right? I get the seller saying, well, it's 500 with an agent, but without an agent, I'll sell it for 460. And it's like, okay, why did you just do that? Why didn't you get the money that you were going to pay a realtor? You're doing the same thing. Because now you're paying the realtor anyway, only it's not the realtor, you're just paying it to the buyer and you're doing all the work yourself. And you have no protection. So, you know, that's a whole other topic because I'd love to do a show actually helping people who want to sell privately because, hey, opportunities out there. And then talk about the pros and cons of going privately or getting partial help or getting the full service gamut. Where do they get the full service? 416? 416-209. Oh, you're right. Sorry. 416-230-8500. And we also offer flexible um, service plans as well, giving you as much or as little help as you need. Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to talk a little bit more about that in the future show. Realestatetoronto.com is where they can find you. And of course, North York Living. North York Living, Real Estate Toronto. MulholandRoss.com. MulholandRoss.com. We're here. Everywhere. Yeah. Catch you right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. on realestatetoronto.com radio. Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on radio that doesn't suck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call the team at 416-230-5900.